0: This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com.
1: Before we begin this week's episode with Paralympian rugby player Joe Delagrave, I want to share something with you I have never shared before. I recently spoke at a mom's group and a young singles group on the topic of rethinking comparison. And I would love to speak to your group. Are you planning an event for your church or a small group of women? Do you know a women's ministry leader looking for speakers? Now that live events are back, my calendar is open. And I have a few dates available in the fall and winter that I would like to ask you to help me fill. If you or someone you know is looking for a speaker, will you email me at graceenoughpodcast at gmail.com for more information? Or you can visit graceenoughpodcast.com slash speaking. It would be an absolute joy to connect with you And share the message God has given me with your women. This week on the Grace Enough podcast, I sit down with Joe Delagrave to discuss the tragic event that changed his life, wrestling with his identity in Christ and his identity as an athlete, and becoming a para Olympian who will be competing in Tokyo in a few short weeks. Good evening, Joe. Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast.
0: Amber, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited uh, to chat tonight.
1: I, I'm excited to share your story and um, just dig into a little bit about what you're even doing right now. And so as we get started, introduce yourself, your family, and tell everybody a little bit, bit about what you're doing right now.
0: Here's here's the deal. I've been a, a wheelchair rugby player for 13 years in the national team, and we are getting ready to train um not ready to train we are training hard and we have been for the last four plus one because of the postponement year so five years of this quad for Tokyo 2021 um i leave to go to camp our final camp is august 7th that's 120 days away wow. so it's it's getting crunch time and that's everything that's on my mind um the other thing that god has for me is uh, I'm a speaker. I've been a full-time speaker since 2018. I say full time, but I feel like I wear like 15 different hats. I'm sure you <laughs> I know late. Uh, yeah, um, it's one of the, it's one of the things I, I, I get to do. Uh, I absolutely love to share my story. I love to be able to um, inspire people to inspire themselves. I love personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, to just listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying and step in obedience in that. And, and hopefully, I don't want to be, I don't want to be anyone's like just inspiration poster. I want them to be able to say, you know what, this guy had something to say where I, I might need to take some inventory and figure out, um, if everything's aligned right in my life. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with that. But yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. I'm married to April. We've been married, um, almost 14 years now. Um, and we have a, nine-year-old braxton a seven-year-old brayden and a five-year-old girl brinley so two boys and a girl keeps us busy that is uh that is that is what we got going on
1: i love it because i have two boys and a girl and then my sister's oldest son is braxton and so you don't hear it that often but uh, when i read that in your bio i was like oh fun another braxton i mean i've heard a couple but not that many so that's awesome Well, so let's dive in a little bit to your story. And so I want you to set the stage by telling everybody a little bit about your childhood and your love of sports all throughout adolescence.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can see each other right now, obviously people listening. But when you said that, you can kind of see me smiling. I I absolutely love sports there it's always been a passion and i love competition like sports mm-hmm. I, like, i'll make i'll make scrap my wife won't play scrabble with me anymore because i get too competitive she says this is I my just think, husband I just, <laughs> I just i just think that she needs to get better is what she but i that I is love, also my husband <laughs> i just love to be competitive i love sports and the biggest reason not only the wins and losing in in, in the lessons but to be part of a team to figure out mm-hmm. uh how you fit in to the overall picture. Um, I did plays and musicals as well because I absolutely, I just loved to perform and be on stage and, um, and do that as well. I think I was pirate number seven in Pirates of Penzance. That was like a pretty big deal in high school, pirate number seven. (laughs) Uh, But no, I just, yeah, that's, it's just something that I absolutely adored growing up um, with, with that, whether it was with baseball, basketball, football, swimming, whatever it was.
1: Yeah, well, when you were a college athlete, um, you were playing Division II football, and as a college freshman, um, a defining event took place in your life, and it really changed everything. And so, will you tell everybody a little bit about what happened on that day in July?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, just got done with my freshman year of college. I was playing football, um, like you said, in Division II. So, it was Winona State Warriors in, in Minnesota, and and it was a Ooh, phenomenal year. I guess. Uh, it is, it is cold. I live in Wisconsin. Now I lived in Arizona for eight years and I don't know, I just call it the Caribbean Island, Wisconsin. Hopefully maybe we'll get some of that. I know I, I have
1: to pause for a second because see my husband played uh, college football at Grove City College in Pennsylvania okay. and he grew up a Florida boy and moved to Pennsylvania. Ooh, yeah. And I mean, I didn't know him then, but he talks about like, oh my gosh, I had I didn't even know that many gray skies could exist. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't it's, imagine you in Pennsylvania. It,
0: when you see recruits come up, they have no idea. And then they get, and it's, uh, to them, it must be like a four-year prison sentence or something. <laughs> For real. It is, Yeah. Yeah, God's got a funny way of that. I was like, I was never coming back the winter, and then all of a sudden, here another.
1: you are. And, Sorry, and anyway, I didn't mean to go yeah. off on that tangent.
0: No, that's great. That's great. So finishing up my freshman year of college um, and everything, it went really well that year. So I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up knowing Jesus. My mom was just on fire for God. She had a mm-hmm. transformation in her life when she found out she was pregnant. Quit drinking. Quit smoking. Turned to Jesus. Like it. it here's my mom and, and I love her, but she like, if I'm gonna bring home a math problem and I'm 10 and I'm, and, or, or maybe later in high school and I'm like, mom, I need some help with this algebra. And she's like, Jesus is the answer. That's my mom. Like, I'm like, mom, that's not gonna give me an A. You can't, she's like, Jesus, you gotta start praying. son. And I'm like, mom, you can't, okay. Um, but no, like she, one of the most beautiful things that she did, she committed to reading scripture to us at night. And so yeah. I remember whether I was five, 10 or 15 um, and whether I wanted her to do it or not, she was there every night. And I remember um, in the hallway, my sisters were in another room and my, my little brother and sister and, and me, and you could just hear her reading. Sometimes it's like, mom, I don't want to listen to this King James stuff before bed. Like, you know, but, but she was just so committed and devoted to us hearing the scripture and something Mm. about just hearing the scripture is so powerful. It's a gift. Uh, it really is. And so where I'm going with that is about a week before July 10th on July 3rd, I was wearing a Dom Beebe house of speed shirt. Uh, Dom Beebe was an old Buffalo bill when they lost all those super bowls and, and one for the Packers. And I got this shirt from our kicker on our football team. I had forgotten my shirt underneath my pads. Our kicker had an extra shirt. And he thought he'd be funny to give me this one because I, I was a tight end, um, and for <laughs> any of you uh, that are listening that know football, I was close to being a tackle. I think they were feeding me a lot and grooming me to kind of not move be so over. much of a tight. Move on down. That's to right. Down. <clears throat> yeah, and 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 so the kicker's making fun of me. I'm like, you're not even a football player. Why are you making? And so, <laughs> it's one of those, you know, and and so I'm I'm uh I'm like I'm gonna keep this shirt a week before my accident. Uh, the week before July 10th, on July 3rd, I was wearing the shirt and I didn't realize it at the time that it had anything on there because as my athletic career took off, um, I, my relationship with Jesus, my devote, my time with him went away um, when I was trying to find myself as a 19-year-old like a lot of kids do. Yeah. But on that day, um, a camp counselor, I was working a basketball clinic at my, in my local high school and, and, and the camp counselor goes, hey, what's on your shirt? And I'm like, Don Beebe, man, i said tell him all the story about the kicker and making fun. And he goes, no, what's that Bible verse? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. And on, on my shirt was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh-huh. And and everyone, like, you guys all probably have it in your house. Like, my wife and I had it in our bathroom for a while. I joke, like, I needed it to while I was pooping type of deal. Yeah. To trust <laughs> the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. I remember hearing that and, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I went home and I like opened my Bible for my first time, like all summer and and just read it. And and so I like, that's, you know, that's neat. That's, that's like, you know, that's a Isaiah 40, 30 with us. Like, you know, one of those, one of those like feel good Bible verses that, that look good on Instagram type of thing. Like everyone's going to like that bad boy. And a week later I, I, I had an accident. I was on a boat with my buddies, Kyle and Adam. Um, Grew up on the same street in Ohio street together in Prairie Dishing, Wisconsin. It's a river town in the Mississippi that borders Iowa. And we're always on the river growing up. Yeah. Kyle got a boat um, that he, that was handed down from his grandpa, a little bass fishing boat, 35 horsepower boat. And then uh, nothing big, but we tooled around out. we fished. We, you know, I mean, we just pretended we were Huckleberry Finn on that bad boy. Like That's did, right. Knee boarded and did the whole thing. And we're just boys. And, That day was like any other summer day. It's 75 degrees, it's partly cloudy. Um, I'm just chilling in the boat, Adam's knee boarding and is driving. And as I'm enjoying the day, my hands are behind my head. Kyle accidentally hits the bottom of the river. We were in a back slough. You never know how deep or shallow that river is. And he hits the bottom and I flew backwards. The chair broke, I flew backwards, hit my head on the front of the boat, inside the boat and instantly broke my neck at the C6 and seven level. Mm So in a split second, I'm going from 19 years old, I'm 6'6", 260 pounds. And at 19, when you have all that masculine energy and you just feel invincible, <laughs> yeah, you feel so my, like I'm playing, I'm, I'm doing my dream. Like my dream was to play college football or a college wow. sport. At least my dream was to do that. I had goals. Like I want to be the best I can be. Maybe all conference, maybe all American, you know, whatever it would be. And, and in a split second, that's gone. Um, I remember my, my, my buddies, Kyle and Adam, they, they were looking over me. Uh, I had just woken up from being blacked out for about 30 seconds and Kyle and Adam got tears in their eyes and, and they're going, Joe, terrified. They're going, Joe, are you okay? Uh, can you feel your legs? We were all lifeguards growing up and it was the easiest job in the world. We never had to save anyone. But we I know knew, I was a
1: lifeguard too. You're <laughs> right. Like
0: it was so easy. You just check, yeah. And anyway, you you you're, lifeguarding is a really tough job. We're, we're selling it. when something anyway, happens. When something, happens. but they knew not to move my neck. They knew not to move me or anything like that. But they asked me two questions that just rocked me to the core. They asked Joe, "Can you move your legs?" And I sent the signal from my brain down through my spinal cord into my legs, and, and it, subconsciously because that's what you do, mm-hmm. um, and nothing happens. And I'm kind of going, maybe it's a stinger, maybe something, you know, what's going on. And I remember the excruciating pain that I had from my head being split open. And, and they go, Joe, can you, can, can you reach down and feel your legs? And I reached down and I felt my legs and it felt like I was touching someone else's legs and I'm going, something's wrong. And ended up going from my boat to the rescue boat, to the ambulance, the local doctors, um, Adam's mom was a, a nurse there. She's still a nurse there. I've been a nurse for 40 years in the local hospital and, and, and she's like, Joe, you've sustained a spinal cord injury and we need to flight you up to the local hosp- bigger hospital um, to have surgery. And that's when life drastically changed.
1: I want to take a moment to tell you about one of my new favorite small businesses, Green Roof Gallery. I came across Bethany and her unique handcrafted leather earrings when a friend shared Green Roof Gallery on Instagram. Green Roof Gallery creates leather accessories for the grown-up girl who loves simplicity and a natural style, handcrafted, small-batched, unique, and personal. Bethany parallels the process of leather work with the new creation theme found throughout the Bible. God takes our seemingly unusable mess-ups and makes them new and unexpectedly beautiful. When you wear jewelry or use a journal from Green Roof Gallery, you will be gently reminded that God takes the hard and ugly times and uses them for our good and his glory. You will know every product went through some not-so-pretty times to get to the beautiful finished piece that now belongs to you or the person you might gift it to. And let me say, I own two pairs of the teardrop leather earrings. And when they arrived, I was beyond impressed by the detail of the design and the beauty of the color which Bethany hand paints. Plus, Bethany was quick to respond to my questions, and she cares deeply about helping women own their whole stories while seeking God throughout. As a Grace Enough podcast listener, you can take 15% off through July and August using the code GRACE15. Go to Etsy.com and search Green Roof Gallery. At checkout, use the code GRACE15 for 15% off your entire purchase. You can also learn more on Instagram and Facebook by searching Green Roof Gallery. Well, and you've said that identity is something that you've really wrestled with most of your life. and and I feel like a lot of people can say that. But when you have a life altering event or sports man, when you're good at them, and I know I wasn't a phenomenal basketball player, but you it's easy to put all your value in that. You know, it really does become a part of who you are. And so, as this 19-year-old boy relearning to do everything, how would you describe that wrestling during that time?
0: Yeah, it's. I, I honestly, I don't think we do this enough. Hmm. Uh, I don't think we we wrestle with this stuff enough when something's not going our way, or we don't understand it in. And we see it in the Psalms, whether it's David Mm -hmm. or other psalmists that are crying out, yelling, screaming. Because, hey, here's the deal. Like, we're, I mean, you and I, uh, we each got three kids in our families. And, like, there's some yelling and screaming that goes on sometimes. There's real emotion. Yes. Let's keep (laughs) keep it 100 right here. Um, But sometimes we we don't want to do that to God. We don't want to take it to God. Well, God Mm -hmm. knows my problem. He wants to hear us, when we're at our happiest, when we're at our saddest, when we don't understand. Um, at, uh, when, when I had surgery and remember kind of coming to and in, in, in memories and you know I've got all this tubes and, and stuff coming out of my body. And I remembered that verse, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 and my sisters had written it all cute on a poster like uh, sisters do and stick it yeah. on the wall. And I wake up and I see it each morning And I just wanted to rip it down, Mm -hmm. like trust in the Lord. Are you kidding me right now with this like little inspirational quote? Like I am paralyzed laying in this bed. My identity as an athlete is ripped away. And I was so mad at God because God, you made me this way. Like this is, it says it like, like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and my gifts and talents and the way I see things and hear like this is you and why are you ripping this away from me right like you know how hard i worked for this and and it's like don't lean on your understanding and acknowledge it no like that's that's what it was each morning so each morning i would make a choice you know what i'm i'm gonna do this my i'm gonna do this myself like i'm a big rough tough Mm. football player i'm i'm a man like i can do this um i can get through this and, and I remember starting to pray. I'm going, God, just heal me. God, like heal me. God, God had called me in to be a speaker when I was 13 at a district youth conference. Wow. And and I remember at 19 and having this accident. I'm like, okay, God, like this is, I get, okay, uh, if you heal me and I get me out of this wheelchair and get me out, of, like, then like, oh, we can go, I can share my story. This will be great. This will be amazing. This is a God story right here. Like, this is what I'm praying for. And, you know, going through the script, flipping through the script, like, I don't know if we need to be Lazarus, start raising, like, get my homeboys to raise me down through the roof, type of, like, what do we need to do here? Um, What what do I need to do? And it's almost like, how many works can I do to earn this Mm. miracle? Yeah. And the wrestling of it and going, like, at 19, we have a lot of questions, but I think having this happen, I'm going, God, Give a is there purpose in this? Is there a plan
1: for this? Right.
0: Am I going to find a job? Am I going to find like is my girlfriend going to stay with me? Am I going to be able to have Mm. kids? Yeah. What's the deal here? Um. How long
1: were you in rehabilitation?
0: Three months. Three three months. Three months. Eighty nine straight days.
1: PT morning and night. Right.
0: PT OT twice a day. Um.
1: Do you remember the emotions of that? I mean the physical therapist in me. That's what I I am before I, maybe that is what I still am. That's what I did before I had kids. But I just remember a lot of the spinal cord injuries that I worked with, you know, you do have to go through that grief cycle, the same that someone goes through actually when they have lost someone to death, which is, you know, at first it's denial, then it's anger, you know, then you get kind of more to that, like acceptance phase. And so do you remember the feelings during that time?
0: Yeah. And I truly didn't get over uh, the whole deal of being in a chair for probably close to two years. Yeah. Um, But I remember in in the hospital and, 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 you know, there's mirrors and stuff and you see Mm -hmm. myself in a wheelchair and I'm just, like, Oh, who is this? Who is this crippled dude? That's not me. That's not me, you know, and then but then also some of that athletic mentality took over a little bit where I'm going, okay, like whatever I can do, I want to try to do uh, on the physical therapy mat or an OT um, and just trying to figure this out. And really what had um, transpired was that verse on my wall started to change my heart. I I, I remember, you know, I talked about my mom reading to us in the scripture and, um, and there's a song called spirit lead me that's been out for a few years, but one of the lines is when all hope is gone Mm -hmm. and the word of God is all I have. Mm -hmm. Do you still believe that there'll be water from the rock? Mm. And I remember having a night going like, God, I can't, I can't do this by myself the percussion therapy that woke me up every three hours. Cause I had pneumonia in my lungs. Oh, and I'm going like, and I'm just no, tired. And they're, and they're just in your She's like, sorry. I'm like, Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> and, and, and just remember, I'm like, I can't do this by myself. I don't understand this. Yeah. I, I have to believe that there's something here for me. I have to trust in you because I can't, Go on, just pretending that I'm just this big, strong, uh, a uh, muscular dude that's gonna that's gonna do this, and it's just it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, and that was when there was a change, and I remember, okay, if I plateau, then we'll just we'll keep figuring out. And still, like believing, you know, maybe God has a plan. Maybe that's healing. Maybe that's maybe that's um, you know, walking sometime someday. And and so I worked my butt off at as as hard as I could. I get mad sometimes when people are like, "Well, if you try your hardest, you're gonna walk in." I'm like, "Well, that's that's not how that works." Like that's it's like there's miracles, and then yeah.
1: When people look at you and they're like, "God doesn't give you more than you can handle," I'm like, "That is not biblical." Yes.
0: Do not throw that out at people. Yes.
1: That is not even true. Yeah. (laughs) It drives me crazy. It's like.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let me burn that T-shirt that you have. That's right. Exactly.
1: Well, so tell me then. How did your walk with Jesus at that point, you you are looking at this poster, it becomes much more than an inspirational quote, which goodness knows we could use a little more less, or a little less social media on the inspirational quotes at this point in our lives, because we need the context, right? We need the road that people have walked um, from Bible people all the way up until now. And so, do you feel like from that point forward, the depth of relationship with Christ changed, or what did your faith journey, like, how has that evolved from that point until now?
0: It has been. It's a. It's the journey is a journey. It's called a journey for a reason. That's I think right. sometimes we're like, well, Just and, step and I'm. Forward once yeah. I exactly exactly real authenticity with that, and and it was okay, God. Yeah. All right. Like, let's rededicate my life uh, to that. Let's find a reason. And then a month, maybe two months after, I'm not exactly sure the date, there was a guy in our youth group. He was in middle school when I was in high school, but a guy in our youth group um, was driving home from a county fair on a dirt road in Iowa, got thrown from the vehicle and broke his neck and died instantly. And I remember getting that call. They said, Josh had passed away. And I'm going, God, like the craziest part about this story is I was talking with his sister and his mom. And this dude was, I didn't know him very well, but at 16 years old, the day before he died, he was witnessing to one of his friends going like, Hey man, do you know Jesus? And You know where you're going? And he's like, if I, something happens to me tomorrow, I'm going to heaven. And Mm -hmm. this is what, and the next day, and I'm going, God, like, I'm, I'm the one here backsliding. I wasn't like, like, why are you taking him right now? And I remember at that moment, God reminded me about second chances, Uh, reminded me about opportunities to be in relationship with him. And I'm like, I don't understand, it. again, the verse. And again, like, I don't understand mm-hmm. this. Why, w- why would you take this guy that's just witnessing at 16 and on fire for Jesus doing his thing? And then this dude that's playing football and would literally rather be hanging out with his boys at a house party playing flip cup than like, you know, mm. like that's, and, 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 and that's when I just, at times we have to allow ourselves to let God have our heart romans uh end of romans 2 and 3 talks about the circumcision of the heart you're going circumcision of the heart what no wait a second like in john 15 the same thing those are two of my favorite passages where uh he he says we're gonna cut the branches off throw them in the fire but we're gonna prune the other ones oh Mm -hmm. oh you're gonna cut the other ones you're gonna circumcise like you're gonna circumcise my heart and when we give it to him he says, man, I'm going to mold it. He's the potter and we're the clay. We're going to mold this and into who he's made us to be. And it's a journey. I say it's a journey because God told me I was going to be a speaker at 13. I said, you're crazy and get this story at 19. And I'm still like, man, like, yes, I, I, I want to do this, but I'm not sure when and where, but uh, the next part of the story is just a beautiful deal where, yeah, I believe it's in Psalms that it says in scripture delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And it's like the next miracle of my story of getting to be an athlete again.
1: I know which we're going to get into. And so before I do that, I do have to ask about your mom. I mean, have you ever asked her like, mom, what was it like for you to walk or to watch me walk through this early on?
0: I have. um, And I didn't understand it until I became a parent Mm -hmm. because you just just yeah you just don't you you just you just don't you don't and I remember after Braxton had grown a little bit and and calling her and talking to her about it and because when you go through it you don't even a lot of times you don't think about the perspective of other people even my own mom you know I think
1: sometimes we think about our parents the least you know sad
0: yeah Yeah. but she said Joe like I knew that God had a plan for you and it was hard to see you go through that. And, and I think a lot of times we were, we take out, we, we, we trauma dump on the people around us mm-hmm. that, that we love the most Yeah. for me, that was her. We, we had a lot of fight. I mean, I was 19 and after rehab moved back in with my parents, like every 19 year old kid's dream. Right. Yeah, no. Wow. And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, that's probably not every parent's dream either. Is that? <laughs> and so we, you know, here I am at 19 years old and my mom and I had, a crazy close relationship because she was taking care of me I, yeah. I i couldn't take care of myself and so she's doing i mean the bowels bladders the whole You you understand as a as a pt um you know the the hardest part wasn't the the chair it was all the other at 19 having that's my right. mom literally have to stick a catheter in that's and, right your and, independence you know, like just, is gone it's gone It's gone yeah. and so it. it was us trying to work together to make this thing happen and and start figuring it out.
1: It's incredible the, the legacy that parents leave behind when they do things like um, read scripture to their kids every single day and they're not perfect. But I just, you're right. I mean, I ask that because as a mom myself, I'm thinking about the heartbreak I would be experiencing to watch my children walk through that, yet I would be having my own frustration with God. Yeah. Yet still begging him to have mercy in the situation. So that's that's just a complex thing to really think about. But yeah, let's get into rugby. How did you end up starting to play wheelchair rugby?
0: It's a wild story. It started with me going home and eating my feelings. Some of my we talked about OT. Some of my OT was and my wife makes fun of me because and, <laughs> uh, and and that's a whole part of the story too that we got. I definitely got to shout her out. If there's, if most of your audience she was your is high women, girlfriend, right? that was my girlfriend at the end of high school in, in our first year of college. Okay. Right. And then she stuck with me throughout the whole deal. Wow. Um, 89 straight days. I actually broke up with her for a little bit after, because I was like, this girl loves me too much. Like, I don't know if I, this is scary. And mm. it was like, you know, the dumbest thing, dumbest, smartest thing I did. Cause I realized how, like, no, this like, is, yeah. God gave me to her. Like God gave me her verse. Cause she's one of those people that will lift you up when you need it and then pull you back when you need it. Sometimes she lifts me up when I need it, pulls me out of my wheelchair when I need it. She's not. That's right. Other times she's like,
1: hush your mouth.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so she always jokes like my, um, occupational therapy was, was picking out like candy with my fingers. Uh, putting it in my mouth type of thing to see if I can get some <laughs> dexterity back. Uh, it wasn't good. So I gained a lot of weight. Um, yeah. I got out of the hospital at probably 220, 230, something like that, lost a lot of muscle. And then at home over the course of a year, got up to around 285 pounds. Yeah. And
1: it's a lot wasn't of emotional to, eating. I wasn't
0: able to push a lot of emotional eating. And I was a football player, it's like I know how to eat. Like yeah, I'm not sure. shy with the fork. So right before that, I had, I did not want to play sports. I did not want to play the, the adaptive sports. I'm like, I don't want to hug. I don't want like this. It's not going to, it's not going to quench my fire. Mm. So it wasn't until my buddy, Kyle, who was driving the boat that day and still um, one of my best friends in life is in, in more ways, or he was very loving and kind about it, but he goes, Joe, you're fat. Like, that's basically what he was saying. He's like, you probably should figure something out. We weighed me on a hospital bed in our local hospital because they, there wasn't any wheelchair scales. And it like, and I was like, your bed's broken. It says 283 pounds. There's no way I'm that, that big. And so they zeroed it out again. And it, it like the next one, I, I didn't have a snack in between, but the next one said like 284. And I'm like, okay, I get your point here. Uh, we need to figure out a sport. So I looked up sports online and wow. Um, nowhere in, in my story, will you ever hear me say, you know what? I like a nice jog. I like to run. No, I don't. So wheelchair racing was out. That wasn't going to happen. Um, wheelchair basketball. I looked up because everyone in a wheelchair plays wheelchair basketball. At least that's what they get asked. Uh, when you're at airports, oh, okay. you're out about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I realized that I didn't have the, the function for it. And then I saw a, uh, a wheelchair rugby video and, it, wheelchair rugby used to be called Murder Ball. And I click on that thing, and these crippled people are chasing each other around, crashing into each other. And I'm <laughs> this is amazing. They're like, this is for me. <laughs> this is this is my jam. Uh sign me up. So I found a, a, a team that was in Minneapolis, Minnesota at a place called Courage Center, and went up there to a practice, wanting to watch. They made me get in a chair, and the rest is pretty much history.
1: So how old were you at that point? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, I was I was 21.
1: Okay, so 21 just a couple of years out. Yeah. When you first started playing. Well, so then you get to this place, though, where you, tr- did you play in the Olympics and then four years later didn't make the team? What What's that story with the Olympic journey?
0: Yeah, yeah, so shortly, obviously set some goals and, and lost some weight and figured out how to be an athlete again, and, and that's,
1: and you loved it, like pretty much.
0: Loved it from the get go. It was amazing. Like I remember my first practice, it's awesome. and the air, my airs are filling, or my my lungs are filling up with air, and 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 you're getting hot. I can't sweat because of my my injury, but you're getting hot, and, and this is exciting. You're passing the ball around, and I was terrible, and everything like that. But I was, I remember just driving home. April had came with me. I was driving um, back down to Winona and going like, that was amazing. I'm an athlete again. I get to be an athlete again, and I so want to go back up there and. It was it was so exciting and um and so I ended up setting goals and ended up making the team in 2012 to go to the London Paralympics and where we won bronze and and then That's so cool in 2013 became a captain and 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 so like the career is just going really well but with with winning bronze we had lost to Canada in the semifinal game by one Ugh. to go to the gold medal game we were down by nine like it was a Disney movie for the the last like we're fighting all the way back we come back to tie it um all we got to do is score and then it's the anti-disney movie like we had the theme music playing we had the chariots of fire music like the whole thing was going to be amazing and then turn the ball over canada goes and scores Mm. we lose the game and we had been ranked number one from 2005 to 2012 so a long i I mean just we were we were supposed to win we were supposed to go in and win that's Um, tough yeah but I got tunnel visioned on gold mm. after 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 London and, and bronze and, and we hated the called the brown poopy medal we just like the it wasn't the right color it, it and and we need to win gold in 2016.
1: Oh yeah. And as one of
0: our leaders, I'm going like, if we win gold, that's going to validate me. That's mm. going to affirm who I am. And I and You're really I really struggling it to, with
1: identity still.
0: I I'm wrestling with identity still because I didn't realize it, but when it happened, I just got wrapped up into being an athlete because an athlete, there's a lot of affirmation there and there's a lot that's of identity right. there. And like, you know what, I'm okay being in a wheelchair right now because uh, you know, like I'm a Paralympian and I can tell people I'm a Paralympian. I'm like, I can tell people about, I can show them my medal and, and, and that's all good. Yeah. But in, in, in my relationship with Jesus was still fine But I don't think I was stepping in obedience like I should have been. I don't think Mm. I was leading like I should have been. I was leading for an outcome, not leading to serve other people on my team and to Mm. build other people up um, and and, then help people back down when they needed it. And 2016 rolls around. um, I ended up not making the team. Um, That was a shocker. It was a shocker. to. I kind of knew it was coming. There was uh, a guy that I was a captain with. I ended up shutting down some. I ended up doing something right uh, as a leader and shut down like this crazy party he wanted to have mm. at a development player's house at a camp. I, I mean, crazy, crazy. Like, yeah. Escorts, every, like, And I'm like, this isn't what I'm, nah. I'm going. This isn't going to happen. Like, this isn't a thing. So I said, I said, I, I'm not going to stand for this. This isn't going to happen. Um, I'm. We're not doing this. And uh, he ended up becoming an assistant coach. And I um. said, I, I, I said, I don't think I'm going to make this team guys. And they're going, Joe, you're crazy. Like you're a captain. But like, you know, I, 2014 won best in the world uh, in my class like that. But I could see it started and I'm, I'm like, I am going to work as hard as I can. Yeah. Um, and whatever happens, happens and ended up getting cut from the team that devastated me just as much as being paralyzed. I kid you really? not. It, it, was, it, it tore me apart. Wow. Um, I had ended up, I'm as authentic a, as I can be. I, I remember it tore me apart. It ripped my identity away. I remember going home after that camp and I got drunk like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought I failed as a leader, I failed as a husband, I failed as a father, I failed as a parent, like just saw myself as a failure. Yeah. saw myself as broken. Like what What do I have if I can't go and win this gold medal because this is what we set our sights on for four years and sacrificed so much for. And it's a beautiful thing when you have mentors in your life that will kind of mm-hmm. slap you in the face. Mm-hmm. for me i I had finished my undergrad or my uh graduate degree in professional counseling and was counseling in a, in a, a private practice in Arizona and Dr. Michael, who was an amazing mentor an uh, amazing man, I was venting to him and he had known the story of this guy and I' told him about it, and I'm like I didn't make the team and I just feel so you know just hemming and hawn and 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 he said something really simple, but it's completely changed my life. He said, joe feel feeling broken, huh and like you don't have an identity huh I'm like yeah doctor Michael. yeah man yeah yeah come on let's 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 do this parable together right yeah. and and he goes well what's jesus say about that and i kind of like uh let's not talk about him right now let's let's finish this pity party and he goes no let's, what's jesus say about who you are
1: yeah
0: and he's like it's not a trick question it's a sunday school answer i go he calls me a child of god mm-hmm. What do you do on the cross for you? I'm like, all right, we're gonna be Sunday school 101. You died on the cross for me. Oh, for you. Oh, you're a child of God, but you're calling yourself broken. And, and it was the most Christianity 101 thing, but but guys, the gospel can be easy. It, it can be easy. We make it hard and difficult. And in that moment, I realized. It doesn't ever matter if I've got medals hanging on my wall or I'm a gold medalist or I'm a Paralympian or you have the best job or uh, for those that are listening, I'm just a housewife or I'm just uh, a business owner or I'm just, no, like we need to start from the top because it gets powerful when you say, I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. I am who God says I am. And all of a sudden from there, it's like, all of a sudden my chest is puffed out. I'm ready to rock, you know? And from there I realize it's not who I am, it's whose I am first and foremost. Um, And so that failure, that really dark spot was one of the most monumental things that happened to me. Um, And it's a Joseph moment where you go (laughs) like, the enemy meant it for evil, but God will turn it for good every single time.
1: Well, and I love that you say that, particularly what you were talking about with the authenticity, because I think so often we hear the highlight, we hear the one like really bad thing that happens to people. And so often we don't get insights into the journey in between. And, you know, it's like, okay, I was super disappointed. I got my priorities mixed up. I mean, that's so many people's story. That's my yeah. story. I decided to get drunk because that's a coping mechanism of mine. Yeah. Uh, people have that story. But then at the end of the day, yeah, it's when people speak life to you. We have this um, benediction that we do that's from Henry Nowen. And it's this is as a family, you know, I'm not what I do. I'm not what people say about me. I am the beloved of God, it's who I am, and no one can take it from me. And so while that is just very repetitive for my family and they forget it sometimes, even with my 11 year old, there's been times, you know, where he's just melting down in 11 year old meltdown style. And I'm like, you're not what you do. You're not what people say about you. You are the beloved of God and there is a sense of, okay, these are just elementary truths of the gospel that yeah. we've got to speak over yeah. ourselves. And yeah. so I love that you say that because now you're training for the Tokyo Paralympics. And so what do you feel like you're doing now to keep you know, Jesus and family a priority in the midst of what does have to be very dedicated, driven type of training?
0: I am a recovering people pleaser <laughs> and I care so much about what people think to the point where, okay, if they, if, if I'm going to get, cause it's an affirmation thing mm-hmm. um, that stemmed from my childhood and stemmed from my dad, not being present in mm-hmm. the home. He was in prison in and out of prison for a long time. I didn't see mm-hmm. him from when I was five until 20. That's a whole nother part of my story um, that is insane. Basically at, at, at at 19, after my accident, after um, God, no, 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 I got, no, no, God did a work in my heart. That that was insane. Um, he said, you're gonna go see him in prison. And I'm like, Nope, absolutely not. This guy's broken my heart a million times. And, um, and so throughout childhood, affirmation was really important. That's why I love sports so much. So I can get affirmation from my coaches. I do a good job. That's, uh, you know, get, yeah. and, and, And so, um, and, and a little bit more about my dad, like God talked me about second chances. I got a second chance. That's right. And he's like, well, your dad needs a second chance. And I'm like, he's got like seventh, eighth, ninth chances. To- Come on now. Um, and he goes, he just, just laid in my heart to, he needs someone to love him. Whew. And so I ended up showing up to the prison. Um, and. It went terribly wrong before I even got to see him. the The security guy, I'd never been to prison before since I was five, so I'm going. I don't know how this bad boy works. That's right. That, so I roll in there, and they're like, "You can't go in that chair. I'm like, This is my. It's like my shoes. What do you ta-? And I. And anyway, I was like, a I can't years, get up
1: and walk. <laughs> right. There's a
0: couple years. You know, post injury, so I never. I didn't know how to advocate for myself, so I ended up getting in this park bench with wheels this big old hospital type chair in the prison, go to see him. And, and it was one of the most beautiful things I was ever able to do. Um, really? this true healing took place. True free. I was very direct with him. I'm like, if you mess this up one more time, I'm out, but I'm here to see you. Uh, wow. April came with me. She's the one that kind of nudged it. This woman, she, I go, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm hope, hope I'm confiding in her, hoping, praying that she says, no, She's like, this is a great idea. You need to go see dad. This is a man. Oh <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh, so that's, that's, that's that story. We ended up reconciling. He passed away in 2016, but we had 11 years of a relationship. Wow. And uh, it was a beautiful thing. And I think for those of you out there that that uh, whether it's a, a child or a parent, hmm. um, they need to be loved and they want to feel loved. And if you're not going to do it, who will?
1: Um, hmm.
0: You know, even though like my heart was, there was some, there was some bitterness in there. There's yeah. a little bit of that brewing, but um I'm so thankful for the time we had, uh, especially after he passed. Uh, I'm so thankful that yeah. I made that decision and, and got my heart and nudged that way. But
1: wow, that's incredible.
0: Yeah. So total side tangent. And then I think we were talking about what I did differently. Yeah. Just what you're doing that. differently
1: now. Really? We came I mean, back
0: and yeah, it, it yeah. takes a
1: lot of. It takes a lot of training, but you know, you you've learned a lot since that first go around of well, Jesus yeah. Jesus is gonna be the co-pilot in yeah. this.
0: Found foundation is important. A lot of times we you know, love the old Bible whatever with the sand and the and the rock and don't build on the sand. And most of it like, we got the rock, we're we're doing good, we got the rock. But the other thing is is there's some cracks in the rock sometimes there's some there's some tlc that needs to happen there's some uh there's maybe some d y i stuff that needs to rock and roll with that you know what i'm saying like let's turn on the spiritual hg and let's fix this thing
1: yeah um
0: because a lot of us at times we're going oh our relationships with our kids are good and our relationships with our spouse is good like how about rock fire on solid? Like this is your most important relationships that you have. Stop going outside your four walls and start living inside your four walls. So for me, mm. first and foremost, that's what changed is I need to make sure that my my relationship with my wife is not only good but rock solid, um, and it's the most important besides my relationship with Jesus and then with the kids. Going like yeah, training is going to be hard, but they're a priority. Um, and, and loving them and building a relationship with them. And so building the home before going into the program, but then there it's the same thing, serving those guys, getting to know people, um, figuring out how I can be a better leader in knowing them. And then when I ask them to do something, um, they see that it's rooted in love and not just in a, in a, oh, this guy just wants an outcome of a gold. Yeah. Uh, No, this guy cares about me. This guy loves me. This guy's asked about my family. And um, and, and so I think that's what's been different. And you can see it in our team. We love each other. Um, We talk a lot about emotional things off the court. And so when we're on the court, we can yell at each other and they know it's rooted in love.
1: That's right. (laughs) That's awesome. So then will it be in August this year? No, you said Uh, your last. Is that when they're doing it?
0: August 7th would be our final training camp. August 17th is when we'd fly over to Tokyo. Um, for the game. So it's, it's, it's finally coming.
1: As we close out here, what would you like to say to someone who is listening, who has experienced a life altering accident?
0: Um, I think I want to share a quick story to answer your question. Sure. Like I said at at the beginning, the 19 year old version of me had all these questions and he had a Bible verse Questions about who he was and what he was going to do and, and if this is going to work and everything like that. And and then the Bible verse was, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your understanding and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And it took me a long time to figure that out. It took a lot of wrestling and back and forth to to, to figure out, okay, I got to trust in, in the Lord. Um, but me taking that step and trusting in the Lord, I never, going back, you you think, oh, God, if if you just... If you just give me this miracle, I'll be like, people are going to want to hear me speak. This is going to be amazing. God, if you just do this and, and God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And just because you're going through something that is physically altering or mentally altering, or um, it's a divorce or it's uh, losing your job or whatever COVID related problems that you've had financially or physically or mentally, God has a purpose and a plan it took me a long time to realize that my miracle was choosing to get in the chair. My miracle was a spiritual transformation that was taking place by giving my heart to Jesus and getting in this chair. When I look back, getting in this chair and and figuring out independence, I'm completely independent now, but figuring that out right away was how do I put my socks on? Mm -hmm. How do I put my pants on? Mm -hmm. A shirt. How do I push this chair on the block that led to graduating college that led to getting a master's degree that led to marrying my girlfriend who went through this with me that led to three kids God has given me a crazy amount of threes in my life that lead to something that I'll finish with. But at 13 was my first three. He said, you're going to be a speaker. I said, you're crazy guy. I don't got any crazy stories. I'm not going to be no speaker. Um, you know, at six year, six years later, he gave me a crazy story with Proverbs three. He gave me another three Proverbs three. Um, after my accident, the doctors had walked in my room and said he had a 3% chance to walk again. And I clung to that. I clung to that. Yeah. That's that, that's, that's the three I want. That's the three I want. We get married. And we tried having kids for our first four to five years of marriage. We had been prayed for when April was pregnant. And someone says, I, three, I see three nests in, or three eggs in the nest. And I'm like, you're crazy, there's no way. Uh, we have three beautiful kids. God said, you love sports, Joe. I'm training for my third Paralympics with three letters on my chest, USA. My success isn't defined by gold medal. It's defined by a permanent victory in Jesus. Mm. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever struggles, whatever pain, God knows your heart. Cry out to him. Tell him about it. Be real with him. And understand that he's putting people in your life around you that love you, that will support you, Mm -hmm. that are going to be a rock for you. And trust, 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 trust that he has a plan for your life.
1: Mm. Thanks so much for that, Joe. Um, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, you can go to um, or I'm probably most active on, on Instagram, jadellagrave14. Um, so that's where you can find me. Yeah.
1: All right. I'll make sure that I link those in the show notes as well. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I really look forward to to just following along with this journey as it plays out over the next several months.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I want to thank you if you made it to the end with the poor audio quality on my part. I actually forgot to turn on my microphone. I also want to ask you to remember that I have opened my calendar for speaking and would love to share the message I believe God has given me with the women at your church or your small group or a weekend retreat, conference, or any other ministry you're involved in. If you or someone you know is looking for a speaker, connect with me at graceenoughpodcast.com slash speaking or Email me at graceenoughpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.